Welcome to the Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. This week, we are interviewing Daniel Laflam from Peace River. Please join me in welcoming him to the show. Thank you. So, welcome to episode two of the Peace Country. And uh, we're bringing this interview to you via WhatsApp video even though all you're going to do is get the audio. Uh, because of COVID restrictions, Kurt cannot be here this evening. So with that being said, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. I've known you for years, but I don't know where you grew up. Where did you grow up? Uh, in McLennan. And then and, uh, when I was 10 years old, um, my mom and dad uh, parted ways, I guess is a polite way to say it. Very amicably, though, but then I moved to Peace River in 1979, so I just dated myself. And uh, more more or less grew up in Peace River uh, from 79 till the time I graduated in in, uh, 87, and uh, and, uh, that's how that went down. Nice. Oh, so you and me are basically the same age then, kind of. Yeah, I'll be 52. Oh, so I'm older than you. Oh, my gosh. I just turned 50. I just turned 53 in November. God, you're sexy. <laughs> I thought you were older than me. Oh shit! Well, there's, there's, there's the only swear word we're allowed. Um, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, how old were you when you got the music bug? I got a picture of me. Um, I got a picture of me. I think when I was about one and a half with a set of drums on a couch uh, in McLennan. Uh, but I come from a musical family, right? So the Roys, all fiddle players, piano players, Leon Roy. We're all related to that from the McLennan Folair area. And uh, and my dad played the accordion. We had a we had a, an upright piano in our home, and my dad played that. So I dabble a bit on keys. I do everything by ear. But um, because of my probably my my hyperactivity and uh, that sense of me, uh, the banging on stuff uh, came pretty naturally. And uh, so yeah, I've been pretty much hitting stuff since uh, pretty much since I was like one and a half, two. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest part uh, where my mom kind of got really upset with me because I used to go on the uh, the stove where it's got the burners, the old <laughs> ring burners, yeah. and I would just beat the living snot out of those things. But it was so cool how I could get different sounds out of that. <laughs> that she'd be like, "Dad, no, you leave that alone, Tway," and she'd be all mad, right? So. So yeah, then it went to cardboard boxes, pails, you name it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never knew that. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't. Okay, well, yeah. you pretty much answered my next question. Like, do you come from a musical family? And you, yeah, you pretty much answered that one. So Yeah, I'm pretty lucky for that, yeah. So then what was the first instrument that you did actually ever play? Uh, piano. Piano. And you said? Because it was in the house. Yeah, well, other than the drums, I just bang, right? I just yeah. had a little snare drum, bang, 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 whatever. Yeah. Anything that made noise, you know, I'd, I'd hit anything. But the actual instrument that I actually kind of took to a little bit was uh, the piano, but it was all done by ear. And uh, my mom wanted to put me in uh, lessons because my older sister, she she had her uh, grade 10 or grade 11 piano she was doing, and, and I kind of wanted to do it too, but it was just a lot. I'm just too hyper to sit down and do the whole study. Me, it's like, I want <laughs> results now. And so essentially what I started doing is I started hamming on the piano, trying to get the sounds that I wanted 
percussively, right? But then you find out later that a piano is a percussive instrument. So it was kind of, it was kind of a nice transition, right? So <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So what's your favorite genre of music? That, that I'll be very straight up with that. I, I, I simply don't have a favorite genre. Simply when I grew up, we listened to everything from, uh, you know, Freddie Fender. My dad was really huge into like Randy Travis, the Candles. Uh, my sister was like into ABBA. So and then my brother was into like Donnie Iris and, and the all new style rock and roll that came out back in the day, Aerosmith. So I was pretty lucky to get exposed to a lot of that stuff. I never really got exposed to jazz because nobody really uh, listened to jazz, really. So that kind of stuff. And I'm not into it today, not because it's a, I think, uh, I'm not being disrespectful. It's just that's something I just wasn't uh, a privy to growing up, right? So, yeah. so a lot of it was um, uh, the old standard country, the old francophone um, kind of standard uh, French stuff, and Cajun, a little bit of Cajun stuff because you know fiddles and and uh, and the accordion and squeeze box and all that was kind of a, a huge play growing up in a sense, right? So yeah. So yeah. back then, who? What was your favorite group, or did you have a favorite group or artist? Um, I really dug Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I, man, I think um, I really never really took to any. I just listened to all kind of stuff, right? Um, and I just love the melodies. So really, the, to be honest with you, the first instrument really I, I kind of played, I think it would have been uh, my vocal. Um, I, I started singing, just messing around with it forever. Uh, since I was a kid, too, I'd hum along to all the songs and you know, Juice Newton, Queen of Hearts, anything that came on the radio, I'd be singing along to it. And uh, ABBA, I, like I said, ABBA was huge because my sister played it all the freaking time. Hmm. And, uh, you know, like David Cassidy, Sean Cassidy, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember Billy those Joel, guys. Boss Houses, and uh, Kiss. So I'm a kind of a classic rocker, but I like, I love the vocal aspect of it all, right? That's why, uh, that's why I'm a huge Eagles anything to do with the Eagles, that kind of thing, where it's kind of a rocky, edgy poco, um, that kind of thing. I just absolutely, I just melt over that kind of stuff, right? So Poco, I haven't heard that name for a long time. Yeah. Man, yeah. man, they, they had some good tunes too. Absolutely. Who was your idol when you were growing up? Or did you oh, have one specific person who you tried to emulate? Um, like growing up as a kid, not really much. I was... Growing up, I just really liked the rock stuff. I do uh, like Beast Boys. We I had a, a high school band, so we did like Huey Lewis. We did uh, Autograph and uh, you know Lover Boy. And uh, but really, the I think my first idol that I kind of really took notice and went, "Oh my God, th this guy is amazing!" was uh, Don Henley. You know, so um, to play how he played and everybody. You get a lot of people that say, ah, he's an okay drummer, but he, he had his own unique style. And the guy was super technical, too. So he, he knew what was going on. But the vocals just absolutely blew me away. So I think I think it's easy to say that Don Henley would probably be one of the first guys that kind of I, uh, that I aspired to kind of round myself to be. But you got to keep in mind, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't a full time musician when I was a kid anyway. So but. I always wanted to rock it up and and play, right? So, oh I yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a part-time musician when I got home after school. Throw the 
throw the homework on the stairs, go downstairs and beat the hell out of the drums and drive my mother batty. <laughs> yeah. No, we used to <laughs> high school band in grade, uh, grade 11 and grade 12. On well, grade, grade 12, we used to skip classes <laughs> just so we can go to uh, my buddy's house and, uh, and jam in his basement, right? So I brought my, I bought my own drums. I had a part-time job, school, part-time job, because I wanted the drums so bad. So I went and bought my first Pearl kit and, <laughs> And it was huge and it was useless because, you know, you're just, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It was, it was, it's pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, who do you listen to mostly now? Like artist or favorite group? Favorite group. I listen to a lot of Canadian stuff. Um, I'm really digging what's going on there. Like between like Brett Kissel and uh, Gord Bamford um the trues is another one that um i absolutely dig there's a new band well i shouldn't say new band there's a band that it's kind of like the who's who's of superstars canadian guys right they they're all stateside but uh they're called Tuke, and they're an incredible incredible uh they do some killer covers man and they did like and it's cory like cory Churko from um shania twain's band leader and kelly clarkson lives in la he's a moose jaw boy and uh, and then there's uh, Todd Kearns, a bass player, singer who who uh, plays with uh, Slash and the Conspirators. And same with uh, Corey Cherko did a tour with that. Plus, and the other two guys in the band are also Canadian. I don't think the drummer is, but uh, then there's Brent Fritz. But if you ever get a chance to listen to Tuke and see what they do, um, they just they just blow my mind. And I absolutely just love those guys. Incredible what they do. And they're called Tuke. Yeah, like, like what you wear on your head. Just <laughs> like look it up. I want you to look up, and this is for anybody who's listening. I want you to look up Tuke, and they do that cover, Don't Make You Feel, by the Headpins. Oh, And that's nice. Todd Kern singing that. I got to check that one out. It's, it's masterful, man. I just love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. If people are listening to this on Spotify, I mean, they should be able to find anything on Spotify musically anyways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and like I said, I grew up a lot with that, um, with the Canadiana stuff like Streetheart, April Wine, Harlequin, oh man, and the Headpins, Toronto, uh, Kim Mitchell, you know, back then, well, Max Webster, and uh, and then some cool bands like Uzeb out of Montreal. They're kind of like a jazz fusion thing, and that's and that's kind of, that's where it kind of perked me. My, oh my God, this drumming thing is a serious thing, and it's way beyond way beyond my my capacity to, to play that kind of stuff right so yeah so i just try to keep it simple like people ask me so so what do you do i says well i'm actually a singer who plays drums right so that's the best way to, <laughs> that's the best way to lay it down so <laughs> okay well that takes care of that question then <laughs> i want to have to ask you which, which part comes first the drums are singing um okay so uh, what was the name of your first band that you were ever in? Uh, my next question was, uh, what what was the name of your first band? Uh, Chancellor. Chancellor. And uh, yeah. what kind of music did you guys play? Uh, just the classic rock stuff. We, uh, like I said, Loverboy, uh, Aerosmith, uh, Final Countdown by Europe, uh, that kind of stuff, right? So, nice. <laughs> so just just think of it, 80s. Um, uh yeah we did like mid 80s stuff man i i grew up an 80s kid in 80s and 90s and um and to this day i'm i absolutely it's part of my repertoire you know 
yeah. Foreigner was another one that we, you know, Foreigner is another band that I just can't get over, man. It's incredible, those guys. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, well, I grew up listening to all those bands, too. So I know where you're coming from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where was your first gig? Do you remember where your first gig was? Yeah, it was um, like first professional gig or the first gig playing as a band? Just your first gig playing as a band. I think it was at the trade show in Peace River in the arena. And I did, uh, and that's where I debuted singing. Um, that's where I did uh, White Wedding by Billy Idol. So I was nervous as hell because I'd never done it before. And uh, you know, it was the first time I think that was our first gig. Yeah, I was at a trade show at, at, in the Peace River arena. Ah, okay. And, uh, and, and that's where, and that's where uh, first played with uh, the guys from what I understand. And that's the first time I ever sang and played drums at the same time too. So I was super nervous and I ripped off uh, White Wedding by Billy Idol. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I wish I could have been there for that one. That would have been awesome. <laughs> no, if, it was, uh, if you wanted to see how to really not, how to sing a song, that would have been, the, that would have been the one to see. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So, how many bands have you been in over the years? Um, well, I I played in Chancellor. I did a little stint with uh, Northern Aces after that, believe it or not. And that was uh, that was a treat with Tony. And then, um, then I did a couple, just a couple fill-in gigs with some bands. One from the high level, and I can't remember their name, and and I feel bad for saying that. But then after that, um, when I, I turned eighteen. Um, I've never tried getting into the bar before I was 18. So as soon as I turned 18, my brother took me out to, uh, my brother and friends took me out to the Silver Spur. And there was a band there playing. They were a three-piece and absolutely blew my mind. Because that's the first time I actually felt drums, like through a PA and, you know, uh, and just, oh my God, it, it just, it just woke me right up. And they were just, and the vocals and the harmonies were just absolutely incredible and it just floored me so uh you know later to realize it was a uh, rocking horse as a three-piece right so oh, that was the first band i saw <laughs> bar. Yeah. nice yeah, so, so yeah. who was that who's playing drums if vinnie was playing drums in that yeah vinnie vinnie was playing drums dave milner and then uh sweet or Dwayne on uh on bass and lead vocals it was just a, and they were just Holy mother of pearl. Yeah. Wow. I never knew that they ever yeah, did a three piece. It was wild. Hmm. Yeah, cool. they did for a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite yeah. memory uh, of playing? And do you remember where it was? Favorite memory playing? Yeah. Like uh, um, like your favorite gig, your memory from your favorite gig. And... Well, there's a couple that stand out. Um, one where it was an absolute. When I was uh, playing with the uh, classic rock band, Cialis, um, we did a gig in Folair. It was a snow fest, I believe it was called. But uh, when we walked in, the place was packed. And then from the first song, the crowd was just absolutely rocking it. And they stayed right to the bitter end. I don't think anybody left. There were like 50, 60-year-olds dancing on tables. And it was it's one of those things where when you started playing, and the band was just clicking and um and it was just 
it felt like the night went way too fast. We didn't want to stop playing, and we did uh, we did a couple extra at the end of the night. But the crowd reaction and that whole thing was killer. Peace Fest was the same thing. But I think one of the most gratifying, I guess you would say for me, was the Bear Creek Folk uh, Festival with uh, with my boys, uh, Brad Lynch Band, and uh, you know sharing the stage with uh, you know the Landreth Boys and Crash Test Dummies and. Um, and then later on it was the Blue Rodeo Gang, but for that, for me, it was it was almost like a little bit of a, a little bit a little bit of a vindication of you know sometimes just work the countless hours that people don't see behind the scenes, right? That uh, that pay off, but like I said, but yeah, it's hard to pinpoint just one because I look forward to to all gigs. To be quite honest with you, I I really do, and uh, I think. That's something that we should never take for granted is uh, being able to play and playing with people that play along with you. And, uh, and you know, and essentially not everybody can do what we do, I guess you would say. It's not because they're not talented. It's just they're not wired that way. So I never want to take that for granted in a sense, right? So lately, lately, I think there's a whole big, huge respect mode for me from that to the art and craft because there's some people that they eat, breathe, and live it, right? And I wish I could do the same thing yeah. uh, to just do that and make a living at it. And I know I speak for everybody who say that, right? But yeah. I don't think there's too many musicians today that um, that don't have a side job or anything like that and still play music where that's kind of what they need to do, right? So Yeah, and it's kind yeah. of hard with all this uh, pandemic going on, all the lockdowns. Yeah. That's an unfortunate thing because I think uh, I'm not going to get too political or too carried away with it, but I feel that one of the that's probably one of the most hard hit industries, I guess you would say, it would be the entertainment industry because that just came to a screaming halt, and that was it. Yeah, I but agree. Yet, I agree. But yet, when you have these, uh, when when people want to get the world back on track or ins- inspire or do all those things that's kind of like the first people they go to is the entertainment side of it. Right. And, uh, and, um, and it's, and it's sad that it's sad that we were kind of, I shouldn't say put on a back burner. This is why I got to be careful how I say things. It's just sad that we're, we're not that important. <laughs> that makes sense. We're not essential services. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, for the psychological well-being, yeah, because a lot of people turn to music, you know, when they're sad or when they're happy, you know. uh, I mean, anybody can listen to a certain song and it'll bring back a memory. Whether it's good or bad, it brings back a certain memory. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been chomping at the bit to get back just with the bandmates of mine, just, you know, just to jam, right? We We can't even do that. And that's that's no fun. No, it's brutal. And you guys got some serious uh, horsepower in that band of yours too, right? So I, I can understand that you guys are chomping. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of got uh, derailed a bit here. With I think you asked how many bands have I played with. Yes, that's and, right. How many? Yeah. How many in total? Sorry, <laughs> we did get sidetracked. Uh, I, I don't know. So, uh, like I said, Chancellor, uh, a little filling gig, but bands that I actually play with Northern Aces that'd be two, and then. And then I went on the road when I was, uh, as soon as I got out of high school, I went to work for about a year. Then I, I hopped on the road with Rockin' Horse. Mm-hmm. I kind of hooked up with those guys. And uh, I wish I could tell you a little story about my first uh, my first gig with those guys. It's actually it's, it's actually pretty hilarious. And uh, 
but then I, I did them guys. So I wanted to go learn the production side of it. So, and that was the best, that was the best uh, scenario for me. What uh, like hands down for what, for what a guy learned. Cause a lot of times I'd be sitting behind a board and they just let me learn behind there, which was, I don't know how many people would do that. So I, I really commend those guys for, for doing that, for putting up with that, to be quite honest with you. And uh, so they just, took me under their wing and I was with those guys about five years and then Dwayne got his Nashville gig the band disbanded and then about, I went to work for about a year with a great company here out of Peace River Sandgel so I kind of started back with that and then Dave Milner calls me and says hey I want you to uh, come back on the road I said I don't know if I want to go be uh, a tech again I, I really got my my sights set on uh, you know drumming and singing he goes no that's what I want you for so it was actually Dave Milner who who actually gave me that opportunity to really hone that. And uh, so then that would have been Rodeo Drive. And then Dave got married. He <laughs> left the band. And then I started, then I took over the band uh, and uh, it was Twang Bango. And I did that. And then uh, so essentially the first 10 years of my <laughs> life was on the road out of high school. And then after that, I settled down and then I got in the, uh, then I got uh, Cialis on a go, and we were together uh, pretty close to eight years. And then I got Lop Sum on the side with uh, Johnny Quickstad. And uh, and then obviously, you know, the, the band and Midnight Lights, Kitty and Jason. Oh, my God. Those guys were absolutely inspirational. I just absolutely love those guys to death. Uh, they're incredible. So, uh, and then also at the end now, it's Brad Lynch band which uh you know i hold dear to my heart with those guys for sure and and speaking of the brad lynch band you, uh didn't you guys just do a new single recently we had a couple singles done right we had one called river road which is based uh peace river yeah and um and then we had uh, dust blown town which is kind of derived around the grand prairie so we had those released on spotify and itunes and uh, we we had some River Road. They played quite a bit. Uh, we were pretty fortunate to get a lot of uh, to get a lot of airplay with that. But we decided because we have a new project we're taking on with new recording with a friend of ours from down south. Um, we've decided to pull it off uh, iTunes and Spotify just because they're going to be redone. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of we're in the process of doing that right now. Just. It's, it's super painful uh, recording uh, during these kinds of times because we can't go across the border. And in order for us to go across the border, we got to have money. And in order for us to have money, we got to be gigging. So if we're not gigging, <laughs> there's no not, money. <laughs> yeah. So everything is, so we're just, we're just doing everything digitally, which is why I have the setup that I have be, behind me trying to, trying to get that stuff um, figured out quite a bit more just so we can share files and, uh, kind of get that going so yeah. we're we got some super super incredible stuff uh coming up the way which is uh it's going to be incredible and we're speaking of chomping at the bit we're pretty fortunate to be able to do what we're doing and we're just uh the new material just can't come fast enough perfect well we yeah. got about five minutes left here um okay do you is there any kind of secret or something that nobody knows about you that you're allowed to share? 
Well, I don't um, don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, you know. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Jeez, I'm a little bit uh, OCD. Uh, it's not a secret. I just I like things a particular way, which is, uh, and I like I always want things. I don't know if you ever come and see any of our shows. I, I always want things to be neat, tidy, a placement, and and have and have the effect that I want, and um, and it's shared. And sometimes that's one thing I need to curb. I, because uh, not my vision isn't always, uh, how do you say that, transcribed across everybody else. So sometimes I get a little bit, uh, no, that's not what I was looking for, or vice versa, right? So, yeah. But I've really learned to, I've really learned to kind of mellow out in uh, in my later in my later life, right? So I was pretty, uh, I don't know, secrets. No, I'm allergic to cats. I'm allergic to cigarettes. <laughs> I'm allergic to animals, so I put up a big hissy fit if I, you know, I can't go in people's houses. So uh, if you guys don't want me to come over to your place, get a pet. I'll never come over. So you guys, <laughs> I'll go for that. Uh, and that's about it. All right. Um, yeah. Well, that's perfect. I'd like to take the opportunity to say thank you for doing this interview with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate it. You know, I've known you for a while. It's nice to get to know you a little bit better too. No, it's all good, man. And you're you're one of those guys where it puts a smile on my face when you come out all the time because you're one of the you're one of the examples that I like seeing out there where you support you support your local music scene and uh, and that's what it's all about. It's all about supporting each other and uh, cheering each other on and doing that kind of thing, right? So exactly. Brent and I will go out and check a band out at the Grand when when they used to have bands. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, just basically support local local musicians and bands. And I sure like that uh, uh, the Lump Sum band you guys were in when we came to see you out at the uh, Pond Hockey Association gig there a couple of years ago. Man, that was a blast. I yeah. loved it. And, then, and we had uh, Amber Scobie, uh, uh, our vocalist, uh, play with us there too. And and Tyson Goodbin on bass, who plays with uh, Brad Lynch Band too. That 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 guy's a monster. So, I'm I'm pretty fortunate. I'm I'm seriously pretty fortunate to be able to, to play with some of the players that I have been able to share the start uh, the stage with. I'm not kidding you when I say that. Simply because there's uh, <laughs> there's some serious pedigree that's on that stage, right? And I and I get to play alongside with that. And they're and they're super they're super good with me. So and I can't thank those guys enough for that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's right. awesome that we can do what we can do, and people and enjoy then, it, right? And the reason why we can do what we can do is because we have freaking amazing wives. That helps. My wife Lucy, my wife Lucy, man, uh, is incredible. So, and to be quite honest with you, um, another another story. I know you're probably going to edit and you can chop off whatever you want, but I'm going to keep talking, <laughs> and you can use whatever bits you want, man. Sure. But when I got off the road in '97, then I came to work. And I was working at Sandel and all that good stuff. And I was just putting in the hours. So on my time off, I use my holidays. I go work at another company. So I burned my holidays working at another place. And that's where I met her. She had no idea. She had no idea that I was a musician. She just thought I was like an oil field worker and, uh, and stuff like that. And then one time we went out to uh, a garage party where they had a live band. And they said, hey, Dan, I'll come on up here and play. And she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So after that, she's the one who kind of, because in 97, when I got off the road, I was so stressed out. I was ill-equipped to run a band. Um, you know, I there was just too much to play, to book, 
look after the band, hey guys, uh, all that kind of stuff. When you're thrown into it and you're not, uh, how do you say that? You're, you don't have any prior training to that. Yeah. It's very, very overwhelming. And that's something that I wish I would have handled a bit differently back then. But when you don't know, you don't know. But that's right. Uh, so there was that. So I got off the road completely because I was so sick of it. That's it for another episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the Peace Country. Thank you, and bye for now.